On this episode of Of Course Agility, my guest is Isabel Danforth from New Hampshire. My guest on this episode of Off Course Agility is Isabel Danforth. Welcome to the podcast, Isabel. Hi. All right, so I know you from attending uh, Northeast Agility Trials up in Vermont, I'll say. Um, and I believe you're in the New Hampshire area, is that correct? Right, I'm in Seacoast, New Hampshire, and I live in a, a CCRC retirement community, Riverwoods of Exeter. Oh, sort of like an apartment house physically, but we have lots of trails and space. Okay, that's interesting to me because Exeter, I actually know Exeter a little. Um, my aunt used to live in uh, East Kingston, New Hampshire, which is like a town or two over from Exeter. Our, our, our uh, person we board the dogs with and we have to leave them is in East Kingston. Actually, she's in Kingston, sorry, but. Right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. So I do. I have now. I know. I have a good concept of where you are. So you're 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 kind of close to the uh, to the ocean side on New Hampshire, and uh, you can you can probably find some good uh, lobster rolls. Right. If you're looking for lobster rolls, they're around. <laughs> okay. Excellent. All right. Uh, like I do with all my guests, I will start with how did you discover agility? How did you start in agility? I knew that when I retired, I wanted a dog. As a uh, 6th grade 11-year-old, I had a puppy that was, well, looked like a Springer Spaniel, half Springer, half Pointer. And he was the love of my life then. But I had allergies, and my, my mean, cruel parents, who probably weren't so mean and cruel now from an adult perspective, uh, decided that my walking around as if I had a bad head cold constantly was not healthy so he was given away. He was nine months old, and I was in mourning. So as an adult, I wanted a dog, and when we, when I retired, I was looking for a dog with poodle fur, um, not necessarily purebred poodle, because it's non-allergenic. And um, the New Hampshire SPCA is down the road, and I had gone there, and they said, we don't get very many poodles, but one day, I was downtown Exeter and I said oh I have to go look at the dogs they have today and there was Coco in his cage there crying to get out and I said I want him and we walked and we cuddled and I filled out the paperwork and that's how Coco who was at that point seven and a half months old came into our lives and then I went through their basic obedience classes through CGC and they had agility equipment there, and I felt I wanted to learn to work my dog off leash, so I started taking agility classes. And Mary, the instructor, said, you're ready to come to a trial. Uh, and I went to a trial in North Smithfield, Rhode Island, and we got hooked. Okay. So that's where we got into it. Very good. So uh, that's good. Now, you... You, you said initials there. I wasn't sure if I understood. Was that the CCG? Was that is that a uh, agility? Is that a uh, dog school or is that part was uh, that part of this shelter? That was a um, AKC has a class canine good citizenship. Oh, okay, got it. Yep. So it's basically he'll behave, let people touch him, sit down, stay, come right, with it, and so on. So you know. He knew how to sit and stay, at least, before we got to agility. Okay. Had a chance to start line. Yeah, the, the canine good citizen. Yep. All right. Not, all right. Sorry, I didn't. I got a little confused when you mentioned the initials there. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, so that, and now, okay, so when you went to your first trial, um, what, what venues have you, what venues did you and Coco end up doing? Mary Keys was my uh, instructor, and she was doing NADAC, so we went to the NADAC um, Addicted to Agility trial in North Smithfield, Rhode Island, and uh, that's where I got hooked. Okay. Uh, a 
regular class and a tunnelers class. Well, yes. Nice, nice. Tunnelers, where I really learned that you point your toes the way the do- you want the dog to go, because I didn't. <laughs> okay. Yeah, those 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 little things that uh, that you learn when you do agility. Yes, uh, body uh, body language is as sometimes as important as the uh, verbal and the pointing with your hands. So. Uh, All right. So that was co- now that Coco is an older dog now. I, mean, I think you've retired Coco yeah. from agility. We got into champs at, in 2017. He was never a speed demon, and by then he was—he didn't really. He ran because I asked him to. He doesn't have that drive. This is <gasps> let me add it. Um, I think we could have gotten a prize for the slowest miniature poodle there, but um, we got two clean runs, and we equivalent to we're getting a cue in two of those out of the four runs we did at, at uh, Champs, and we had gotten our Natch, and we got triple superiors, so uh, I figured we, we met all goals, and he's uh, a very gentle soul. Right, so you, uh, yeah, so Coco had a, had a really, actually pretty, pretty, pretty impressive agility career uh he got the natch and uh, and you, you went to you went to champs and you got two cues even i'm pretty impressed with that because uh those courses are longer and 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 just being in that environment uh is 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 different for the dog and for you so did you enjoy going to champs yes yeah okay that's very good and now i know you have a new dog so you're you're bringing a new dog into the uh, world of agility. So how did you find your current dog? Well, Coco came with a Luxetitella, with a knee problem. So I knew I wanted a poodle that size. Again, we're in a two-bedroom apartment. Um, a large dog really doesn't work here. And um, so I went looking for a breeder of miniature poodles. Also had, um, so I knew I could get generations of health information and know I had good hips and other things that are in, that are all tested in health. Um, but this breeder in Connecticut also had dogs she had bred who um, competed in agility and did well. So, you know, he had, Cher has some cousins who've achieved in uh, AKC agility. So went down, contacted her. I wanted a black puppy. She had one. Went down and visited him for at six weeks and then at ten weeks in January. What a time to get a puppy to housebreak. We brought Cher back up here. Um, took him a while. It took a while to give him a name. But. So we're on the second floor, so it meant, you know, picking up the puppy and running down the stairs and outside an hour or so. Oh, wow. Um, that's where Cher came and... You've seen him. He has long legs for poodle. Right. I would. Yeah. For for a little poodle, he does. Ha- I would. I agree. He has. He has uh, long legs. Mm-hmm. And wow. Yeah. That that is a bit of a challenge with a puppy on a second floor, and knowing how puppies need to uh, go quickly sometimes. <laughs> I get credit credit there and in the winter that's always a little challenge too because uh there could be snow and it's not easy sometimes to find places uh that the dog wants to do their business but when they got to go they got to go right so uh, he's three and a half now and uh last summer we did some vt courses and he got in vt is a bunch of intro titles even uh, but he also has an attention span issue. As again, if you watched any of the runs when we were down in New Jersey or last one in Vermont, he sits there and ready, and he's looking all around every place but at me or at the starting obstacle. So that's what we've been working on as much as anything. 
I, I understand that because my dog Trace, he's, he's still, I, I have, you know, starting issues sometimes. And sometimes it's, you know, it gets a little drifty on the, on the course. And, I, you know, I, I know I've said a, a few times, like this past year with the COVID where I wasn't able to go to any trials, I think it's, you know, it didn't help. <laughs> I think maybe we'd be a little further along, but, uh, he, I think he has potential, and and based on what I've seen with uh, Sheer, you you also have a lot of potential with that, with your dog there. Um, but yeah, those attention things at trials are, they're some of the hardest things to deal with. And that's probably if I'm going to compare my two dogs at all. Coco ran because I asked him to, and he did chances and distance very well. And if he was confused. He just stopped where he was and looked at me and said, what, next month? I could, you know, just push out and point wherever and say, go weave or go tunnel, and he'd do it. No questions asked, because he and I had that relationship. And share it's um, much more of a struggle, and that's what we're, we're building on. You know, her back to me, not to the uh, beef that's blowing out there or the bird that just landed or... Never. <laughs> right. I totally, I totally understand. Uh, I'm going to ask a question totally out of left field just because I'm curious. Now, today down here in New Jersey, it's pretty warm. How warm is it up in New England today? Uh, it's warm. It's gray and overcast still. Uh, it almost drizzled. Um, but it's, it's definitely warm. Yeah. And and I asked that because the last time I saw you was in uh, Drummerston, Vermont, and that was in June at a trial. And I've gone to that trial in, in past years, and that trial usually always was quite a pleasant trial. But this year in June, it was fairly warm at uh, the Northeast Agility Trial in uh, Drummerston in June. I'd say unusually so. I think so. It was hot there. So, yeah, I, I don't think he likes that either. Right, and that's always a thing. I mean, I my first dog Nino, he didn't like really running in the heat too much. So it did come to a time where I I tended to avoid like summer trials, but I never really considered June as as a summer month. I would tend to avoid trials in July and August when I would not necessarily know what the weather might be. Um, and Trace, it's a little early for me to know uh, how he's going to do with varying weather conditions. He seems to be okay when it's just spritzing and stuff. Dino, Dino, I, he was a fair weather dog. The perfect weather for him was like, you know, cool and overcast. And uh, my sister's dog, Belle, is a little bit like, uh, I see a little bit of my uh, first dog, Dino, uh, in my sister's beagle bell because she also isn't uh, always the best when when it gets hot so she didn't do all that fantastic up, up in june because it was a little on the warmer side um, but that's just one of those things you, you learn uh, what your dog uh, what kind of weather your dog likes eventually he had one trial with coco and i it was a jumpers course at dummerston and a couple of people had run and I was at the start line with Coco, and it was one of these things where I sent him, he went to a jump and then had to turn around and come back towards me in a tunnel. You know, it was maybe jump, jump, come towards me in the tunnel. As he, as I said, go, he took skies open in a bucketed rain, and he came towards me in that tunnel, and he stopped and he looked at me and said, really? And uh, come on, and we jogged out to the exit ramp and exit gate we were both sopped sopping wet <laughs> yeah I, even i you know rain is not fun. rain at trials is not fun um and you know often if it's really raining they won't you know the trial won't won't be running but sometimes it just pops in there and uh, you, you know and if it's a light rain then whatever but yeah i, I could totally get that hey this tunnel's pretty good <laughs> no rain and and uh, they stopped for a while till the rain stopped. But uh, we had an E because we had started the course and then left. 
but we could stand that. Right. That that happens. <laughs> so so in reality, you really started agility later in life because you said you were already you were retired. Um, and when you were talking about how. Um, as a kid, your parents didn't let you have uh, a dog. Uh, I think maybe on maybe very start of my podcast, I may have mentioned that when I was a kid, uh, part of the reason I like beagles, my family had adopted a dog from actually the local shelter St. Hubert's down here in New Jersey, and it was a beagle mix. In, in retrospect, in my mind, it may have been kind of like a Jack Russell maybe too, but I still think of it as kind of as a beagle. It had that beagle look. And we adopted the, door, the dog, and then it turned out that my mom was allergic. You know, we didn't know, didn't know. So... Um, we we had to rehome the dog and that was just horrible for me as a you know i don't know i think it was probably like 10 or something it just you know tore at me that we had to give this dog that i love so much away and uh so in a way your parents were probably wise to to to, to not let you have a dog not knowing if something like that was going to happen because it really does uh, it gets you so you know I didn't get a dog either until I you know was an adult and I was no longer you know living at home with my mom so I could get a dog and, and I want neighbors dogs I mean even before my puppy we had a my mother found these people had a cocker spaniel sweet gentle her spaniel and I walked uh, her and she liked to come with me matter of fact she got out of their house and came down to my house a couple of times they were just down the block and then we had neighbors friends of my parents who were a couple of blocks away who had a standard and a miniature poodle and I walked them and I would and this was later after I had got lost Sargi and was responsible enough so I could go to their house go in and take them out um, feed them in the morning, take them out in the middle of the day, feed them in the evening when most people were away. So um, I knew I knew that I liked poodles, and I knew that I wasn't allergic to the poodles. So I had that knowledge behind me when I went looking for a pup. Right. And when I was working, I didn't want to have a dog because I didn't want to just have a dog that was home alone. Yeah, I understand that, too. <laughs> I definitely do. But... Uh, I had a couple of kids in there too, you know, different kinds of pets. But um, so, yeah, sometimes, and and you can share or not. But so, I'm just curious what what did you what did you do as a occupation before you retired? Uh, several things. I got a, ended up with a master's in geology, but I didn't really, and I taught part time earth science at. Um, Again, I had young kids, so I taught part-time earth science at Connecticut, Connecticut uh, Central Connecticut State University and at uh, Tunxis Community College and um, math. I was math also. So math and science courses. And then I went back and got uh, certified in uh, data processing and ended up working full-time for a while as a programmer, mainly COBOL. Okay. Stuff. And then I tried some teaching public school, but I really didn't like meeting eighth graders over the head to make them pay attention to me. And I went to library, got a degree in library science, which is what I did on from there. So I taught, um, I was a librarian at a two years in public libraries in Connecticut, a couple of places, and then a two year community, uh, two year private. Uh, hospitality school and then when we were moving up to New Hampshire for retirement um, I went looking browsing in advance to see thinking well I could work part-time you know at a breakfast desk or something and got myself a job in a library near here in Hampton so I moved up into an apartment almost a year before we moved into Riverwoods and I spent weekends going back down to Connecticut working with my husband to empty out the house Okay. All right. Well, yeah, that, that, uh, 
Wow, you you really did you did a lot of different things and uh, during your uh, your career uh, working, that's for sure. The only one I, I have some knowledge of is COBOL. I once was a COBOL program programmer too, so uh, I know a little bit about the uh, business programming language of Co COBOL. <laughs> when I was in the library, is just when internet became into libraries, it became available to the public in a sense. So we walked the one library basement, dragging cables along and marking where we wanted the holes drilled up to the main floor where the library was. Um, it was very interesting. They drilled the holes and then we walked along and stuffed wires up and connected <laughs> computers to the internet. Right. Okay. Yeah. So you were, you were experienced in the running the Ethernet cables or whatever it was at the time. <laughs> yeah, Ethernet. And then uh, in the other library, I was head of technology. So that the computers, you know, I wasn't afraid of the computers. That was the biggest thing. So many people in the library world, what's that? And I said, that's oh, a computer. It goes click, clack, clack, and it does what you tell it to do. So I did technology in the library for a while. Right. Okay. That's that's really uh, that's really really good. Okay. And and but and starting as a geologist, that's interesting too. So yeah, I've always always wondered about stones and stuff like that. But I know geology is more than just that. Uh, but uh, yeah. So you you've had, you 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 spun through a number of areas there. And libra libraries are still very, uh, very important today, that's for sure. So, yeah. Even when they were closed, you could pull in a parking lot and have uh, wireless access. Right, you yeah. If can't afford it at home or didn't have it at home. Yeah. And I, I know for, I believe our local library is back open again, but I know, uh, you know, even during the uh, you know, when it was closed for the COVID and all that. It, I think they still had times where you could you could request a book and then drive up and get it. So that was that was good, too. A lot of, a lot of libraries have that. Uh, libraries have e-books and audio books you can download. Yes. Read it home, get electronically. Um, and, you know, so you can keep reading. Yeah. That, that's, yeah. It's good. So now with with share, uh, um, I think I had seen a post on. I don't know. I know the original Nadek forum forum is kind of gone, but uh, the other one I think uh, is kind of up. But it sounded like you were going to go to champs again this year. But share is not an elite level dog yet. But are you intending to go to? Uh, Champs again? What they did is they said, if you're competing in novice and you have something novice regular, you may go. Um, so we will go pre-elite, most likely. Uh, but my goal is to um, get there, run some of the pre-trial runs and maybe the side runs, and we'll see how many real champs runs we do. Right. We'll, we'll try. We're working on, on uh, our novice regulars and others. We have a few, so. Yeah, okay. That that's that sounds good. I mean, I'm I'm intending to go to Champs. My sister's dog yeah, will be, hopefully, if it all works out, she's going you know, to be running some form of elite. Um, and I, I wasn't necessarily going to be in the, the champs part, but I was going to do some of the pre-trial. And, and uh, I, I've gone twice before with my sister, and I, I, I just enjoy being there and being able to watch, you know, people have a lot of fun with their dogs and seeing people I've uh, met over the years. So it's uh, – and, and this year I'm also looking to maybe get some more guests to come on my podcast in the future. So I have a secondary motive this year to go to Champs, too. <laughs> so when I went in 2017 with Coco, I have... Tina is a friend. Her mother and my mother were best friends as kids in Girl Scouts together in New Jersey. Patterson, New Jersey, if you know where Patterson is. Yes. 
grew up outside of Patterson. But Dina lives in the Detroit area, and so I said, hey, I'm going to be in Ohio. I haven't seen her for 20 years. And um, so she came down. We had a, an Airbnb which had two bedrooms, so she came down and stayed with us and also helped, um, you know, stay with Coco if I went off someplace. So I wasn't, though I had my husband with me too, so I had, um, so it was really neat, and she may come down this year. I don't know. But we're going to, last time we were in a really nice Airbnb, but it was a half hour away from the site. And so this year I made a jump, and we're renting an RV. And that should be an interesting experience. Put it that way. We'll, I'll, I can let you know after champs how it goes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, I can do a briefing in, in run-throughs, and my husband, Doug, and Cher can stay back there and relax, which I think will help the puppy. Right. Yeah. I. Yeah. It sounds good to me. <laughs> sounds good to me too. Sometimes because that that can be you know. Uh, usually we have a stall, but uh, stall they're not they're not air conditioned or anything. So you know, hopefully in October the weather's not not that bad. Uh, and I have a little pop up trailer, so that's what we use. But once again, it doesn't have an air conditioner, so uh, generally the. We generally, during the day, we bring the dogs into the uh, the the uh, stall, the stall that we've gotten. I'll so. have a stall also, but yeah, still means that that you know I can get up early and go, yeah. and Doug can get up more leisurely, walk, share, feed them, right, and then run over, or I can come back depending on the day's schedule. Because right. I remember going to a briefing at seven in the morning. And you don't run anything till 11 o'clock in the morning. And, you know, each were over. They don't want to. Yeah. No, I understand. Yeah, champs is a, a different, a bit of a different. Yeah, you have to. You, generally, it starts very early, like seven, and then, then everybody gets to walk, and then sometimes your run can be. Uh, an hour or two or whatever later. So, yeah, it's it's a little bit different uh, time management of than being at a normal trial where you know every so often you're you're always you're always running or you're helping do this or you're helping do that. So, uh, yeah, it's a different animal. That's for sure. Community. Um, during COVID, we were we had no cases in, in our building of 200 residents plus a lot of staff. Well, there were some staff in the nursing home, but not in the independent living area. And um, so, although we were, you left your apartment, you put a mask on if you were inside all for the year, whatever time frame. We had a lot of other people around us, so it wasn't, I think, that's just something that was really nice compared to a lot of other people's experience where my daughter works from home and lives by herself with her cat, and she didn't see people, she, she didn't see people for months on end. You know, she went shopping occasionally, masked up, or she would go out of doors and do things, but... She didn't have any real social contact. And so we had the uh, luxury of having social contact, seeing people, you know, say, hi, how are you doing, even from six feet away. Right. Yeah, that, yeah. I mean, I, I, I definitely understand. Uh, I mean, I'm still working, working from home, so I don't, the thing I miss most about my job now is, is that interaction with uh, people that I work with. And there's some people that, like, I would talk to at my company uh, who weren't necessarily directly on my team or, you know, work with me directly every day. And, you know, you'd have conversations with people like that. And, you know, now everybody's home. It's You don't randomly run into somebody uh, at the coffee machine or the water cooler or when you run into the restroom or whatever. It's like those, that's the thing that, 
you miss. And, you know, being in this place where you are, you, you still were seeing people. So I, I understand what you're saying. Talking to them, whatever. Yeah. Right. Yep. Yeah. Now, going back to your dogs a bit, is agility pretty much the only dog thing you do? Have you ever done any other dog activities with your dogs? Not really. Um, I mean, we go out and walk. We have trails here. We can walk on them. And we, you know, the, the, the pleasure things one does with the dog. Right. Yeah. I did one series of rally classes with Coco, but it wasn't very formal. So if there were one close to me with Cher, I might do that to try to work on his focus. Right. Rally, you have to focus on your handler. Right. <laughs> If he would, um, if Cher would. Right. But, you know, what I do within Riverwood's community, not dog, um, is I coordinate an in-house cable channel, which delivers um, information, slides about what's going on, and also broadcasts movie twice a day. So that's, that's, that's been a use of my technology. Okay. Oh wow. So yeah, yeah. So so you're kind of a a, a producer <laughs> of of some yeah. content. Yeah. Or there are no subtitles showing on this movie. We get a phone call and run down and check the you know menu screens. Well, there aren't any. Or okay, for some reason it didn't automatically turn them on the system. So blah 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 blah. And um, I also work volunteer for the library and got them a. Uh, online library software too rather than physical card catalog right okay and now for trials you, I, I know you go to the Northeast Agility and you, you go to the I'm not sure the name is that a, um, the group that does I know there's another group up there in New England and what's the name of that group Addicted to Agility uh, and Act Up um, I haven't gone to the indoor trials yet so I went, they had one outdoor trial, and it was pure grass, and it was very hot. Cheers behavior went along with that. Um, uh, it was hotter than Demerson was. That yeah, yeah, that would not have been, yeah, that wouldn't, I can't, I don't think I'd want to run anything, because it, it was like on the Sunday there, I think it reached, I think it reached 90 on the Sunday in June, which is pretty warm. Yeah, that was pretty warm. But again, Demerson has that nice row of trees. Yes. Where I usually put my trade up. So I have the little easy up, but I have all this shade tree around me. The place we were in in Massachusetts was windy, hot, windy, and no shade. Uh, okay. Spring anyway. So. Right. Um, cheers. Sure, it's unpredictable anyway. <laughs> okay. And I'll ask because I know I, uh, you came down back in May to um, the In the Zone trial. And I don't believe you really were coming for the trial so much as you came for uh, Lisa Schmidt's uh, seminar with Cher. And I was there with Trace. And one day my sister <laughs> went with Belle because I can't remember. I think it was Ford. Was it, was it four days? I think it was four days of the seminar, or was it three days? I don't know. What I, I think it maybe it was three. But well, three-day seminar, and we only did two days of that, and then two-day trial. So the first three-day trial was trying to figure out if anything would work. And then the seminar, we worked on cheese when you take your start line and cheese when you leash up, um, much more than the distance skills. Shares distance skills when he's listening are really pretty good. Um, he just needs to listen. And that's the game. But we worked through a lot of stuff so that we got um, several almost cues in that second trial. Right. Yeah, that's the, that's the nice thing about that, that the, the way that runs, because you, you get to run the trial ahead. Then you get, you know, Lisa will work with you on the areas that, 
that you and she thinks would benefit your dog the most. And, and then, you, then you get to run again afterwards and see, see if things have improved or not. Right. I mean, the, the, two, of the, two of the courses, his only problem was he loves A-frames over tunnels. Right. And that wasn't what we really were working on there. That's a different issue. So he went, I'm saying, tunnel, tunnel, and he runs behind me and around to the A-frame. You know, that wasn't, that wasn't something we were working on at the moment. So obviously it was an NQ. Right. But, that didn't bother me as much as, you know, his saying goodbye and run around, run around wherever I want to. So. Uh, right. Well, young dog. I mean, that is uh, that's so common with young dogs that they, uh, they, they at some point they lose their focus and either they run around and have a little fun or whatever. <laughs> I know it's happened to me. It's happened to me with Dino and it happened to me with, with Trace and it happened with my sister and Belle. Uh, and then in time that that's they they the dog seems to you know get it like the agility you're not running around you're gonna you're gonna run the course with me want your cheese you gotta run with me but yeah we have to build we really work hard to build a relationship and i've been working on a whole bunch of stuff with a retrieve game a year ago if i threw the ball he'd take it and run come and catch me and now um He'll bring it back to me. And even if he doesn't bring it all the way back to me, he'll stand there and say, okay, you can leash me up. That's a tremendous win. So it doesn't necessarily translate directly to agility. It's, you know, not, he's, he's listening to me and working, playing with me rather than I'm his opponent in the game. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And... You know, there's a lot, of, a lot of the things that uh, just are good for your everyday dog uh, can be useful in agility too, because uh, you need that, you need that connection. That's for sure. Connection that makes it happen. Yeah. All right. That's good. All right. Well, I think I'm running out of topics that uh, I have here. Um, I, I have not sent uh, the trial entry in yet, but uh, it is on my calendar, and uh, I actually have my reservation for camping, or I should say my sister has our reservation for camping, so uh, yes, we should probably see you in Drummerston in uh, August. I'm just hoping that it's cooler in August than it was in, uh, in June. Yes, and and I'll just say a little bit. I also I don't I don't know the name of that couple, but I know I have also seen and uh, some years I've actually said some years we put up a easy up along the ring, and some years now we tend to hang and just do everything from our camper. But uh, yeah, the, they are very friendly people, and it's one of the only places, only trials I've ever been to where. People, these, you know, essentially they, they're at the campground and they're, you know, they're enjoying camping. But in addition, they just come and watch the dogs. They're spectators. Yeah. It's, that, that's neat. It is. And, they, and like you said, they seem to know the people and they talk to different people and uh, they seem to have a good time. So, yeah, I hope, I hope, I hope, uh, I hope to see them again uh in August. Me too. 
Yeah, and that's one of the. I'll say that's one of the unique things uh, at at that Drummerston location. Drummerston is great. Yeah, yeah, it's a nice level field, and uh, um, it it definitely uh, it can be a real. You know, it, when the weather's nice there, it's really nice because, like you said, you got the trees uh, along the the one side where people tend to set up and and crate and uh, then you know there's a lot of open access around the rest of the ring so uh, you know people could set up easy ups if they want or uh, not and then uh, you know it isn't a that location is in a campground so people with uh, campers they can reserve those sites up near where the recreation field is that they run the trial and it it really uh, it makes it easy for the people with the, the campers to be there too Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, I I definitely look to see you up there, um, in about a month, hopefully. One all month. yeah, it all I works guess. out. Yeah. yeah. The other thing is, you know, the trial um, in Swansea near Keene, New Hampshire, which is the Cats Trial. It's I also an outside outdoor trial. Yes, I have not been to that one in a number of years, but I I definitely went to it in the past. And if I recall, and I don't know if it's still the same, but that was a nice field, and it was it was fully fenced because it was like next to this shelter. Is that is that still the way it is? That's the way. It's club and I've joined the club there. Um, I'll rinse that field from. Main Society. Are we there? Are you still there? Yes. Yeah. I just want to make sure. Sorry. Um, and um, so I also go up there and do some lessons, which means we get to run a trial on familiar territory, maybe. Yeah. Okay. Home field advantage. Home field advantage, and we're used to the some of the shelter dogs running behind the. They have tarps over the fence. But the dogs sometimes run around behind there, though they're not supposed to be out during our trial. And that, that's, a, that's an interesting distraction. It's called shadow play. <laughs> but uh, things like that. But it is fully fenced field. I mean, tall and what must be almost five feet tall. Right. And you break back in the pine area that has all pine needles and everything down back there. So there's a cool place to create. Actually, I believe, I'm pretty sure, uh, I'm going to say this is correct, because in, in my memory I'm thinking it's right. I believe my first trial ever was at that location, and it was, uh, it was a games trial. There wasn't any regular anything, and uh, I think it was just touch and go and tunnelers. I don't know what the, the I know there was probably three class. Maybe it was, might have been weavers. I probably didn't do that because it was my first trial. My dog probably wasn't weaving well yet. Uh, but yeah, that's that's my guess. And I remember going there and uh, that was my first trial. Uh, and there were a lot of people because I was, I was probably around, I don't know, 2005, 2006, somewhere in that area. And uh, there, were, there were a lot of people in attendance. It's a good place. It's a nice place. Right. And I I, I kind of somehow, I, you know, because I had my aunt up there in that, you know, in New Hampshire. We came, you know, well, a lot of the reasons I've gone to trials up that way I dealt with, like, I could go see, <laughs> I would combine a trial and with a visit with my aunt in New Hampshire. Uh, she's passed away, so there, I don't have that that reason up there but i've learned that i really like a lot of you know i really like the trials up at drummerston and and i would definitely go back to that trial at uh at cats too it's just it hasn't it hasn't worked in my schedule uh in recent years so i haven't uh, haven't done that one look at it maybe you can do it this year <laughs> all right <laughs> yeah you're pro you're promoting all the uh, new england trials up there but that's Great. fine Happening. That's we have to go in order to keep them. So they'll happen next year and the year after. I agree with you on that. It's uh, uh, for those of us who like to do NADAC. It's uh, you really do want to support the NADAC trials that are uh, 
are around in these areas where where it's maybe not as popular, so that they keep keep having them. Uh, Cats also has a CTE and a USDA trial. Okay, right. Yeah, so that that's good. That's good for them too. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I've never. Yeah, I've never tried any of the other venues. Uh, somehow I got locked into NADAC with Dino way back when, and it's pretty much what I've done. But uh, probably if there's a- any venue I might be tempted to try, it might be CPE, I would think. I think CPE, particularly the lower levels, are gentler than some of the others. Right. Or okay. tight and, and obstacles and stuff. But. Right. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, Isabel, I think we've covered a lot of a lot of ground. So uh, I can't think of anything else. We've covered, you know, how how you started, and uh, we've talked about your dogs, and uh, uh, we've talked about champs a little bit, and uh, we talked about some of the trials up by you, and yeah, I even learned a little bit about your working history. So uh, it's uh, it's been a, it's been a good talk for me. Okay, so uh, I'll probably see you in Dummerston. Yes, all right. Thank you for being on the podcast. Welcome. Bye-bye. Bye. And I'm here with my final thoughts. During my interview with uh, Isabel... I think she was too nice to remind me, or maybe she didn't catch it, but we kept referring to the trial that we were talking about in Dummerston, Vermont, as Northeast Agility. The actual full name of the of the organization that runs that trial is Northeast Agility Enthusiasts. So I just wanted to clarify that. Um, I've always thought that's a nice, nice name, and I actually have a sweatshirt that has that on the back of it. A nice sweatshirt that I got uh, for uh, from from uh, Northeast Agility Enthusiasts, uh, with like a mountain scene on the front and and a saying, "I'd rather be uh, playing Nadac or something to that effect." And it says, "Dummerston, Vermont." Uh, very much in in the theme of, of that trial and the location up there in Vermont. So that was my first final thought. As always, I want to thank all the listeners who subscribe or follow. And I know I, I'm an Apple smartphone user, and Apple has changed the podcast app on their phone. So... I really haven't gotten the swing of the new thing yet, but just I believe subscribing is not what's being done now in that app. It's like following, I believe. But anyway, whatever you do, wherever you do it, whatever podcast app or you use, if you subscribe or follow the podcast, I thank you. If you just go somewhere and listen to it, that's fine too. And as a reminder, you can always go to offcourseagility.com and you can that will bring you to the homepage of Anchor for this podcast where you can listen to all the episodes or you know, you can listen to the episodes on just a computer in a browser or probably in a, a browser on a smartphone too. So that was Apple, and I, I wanted to. Me- I meant to mention that before that I knew the uh, that app had changed. But not all of you use Apple uh, Apple smartphones, so uh, just wanted to note though, that I haven't quite gotten used to the the new app on the phone. One more thought before I wrap this episode up. On this episode, uh, sharp-eyed listeners might notice that the the title is a little different than normal. Um, Some other podcasts I listen to use a technique of saying, 
in the title name, like this is season two, episode whatever. So I'm going to start doing that. So on the title of this episode, it'll be S2, season two, episode 11. And then it'll say Isabel Danforth from New Hampshire. So that'll be the title of this episode. And I'm going to try to keep with that theme. I'm not going to go back and put that in any of the prior episodes because I, I always worry that if I change the prior episodes that they, they might come back to you as new if you're doing a subscribe or a follow. So I wouldn't want that to happen. So I'm not going to not going to do that but i know in some of the information that i do that i don't believe shows up on all the different podcasting areas i do always enter that that it's you know season whatever and it's episode whatever so uh, my original episodes last year i believe i was always putting season one and then episode one to all the way up to 25 or whatever i got to by the end of the year so i'm up to this is the 11th uh, episode this year so this one will be s2 e11 and it'll say uh, isabel danforth from new hampshire but just noting that uh, in case uh, and any of you uh, sharp-eyed people uh, notice that and wonder why. And speaking of being sharp-eyed and uh, noticing things, if you would have any feedback or comments for me about the podcast, I'm always willing to hear it and read it. So you can always send me an email at offcourse at optimum.net. Off course at optimum.net. And I have put that probably in all the episode show details uh, in all the episodes I've done as a way of uh, the listeners to reach, reach, uh, reach out to me. And in my next episode, I might talk about another thought I've had uh, about allowing uh, listeners to reach out to me. So uh, my next episode, I think, may not have a guest, and I, I'll just talk about a few things. Probably won't be a, a long one, and uh, I would think that might be in two weeks. So uh, let's see, today, this one is July 21st, so the 28th, uh, it might be like the, the first week of August or something. We'll see. Uh, we'll see if I get around to it. All right, so I'm going to wrap this one up. As always, if uh, you are going to a trial, and uh, I did recently take a look at the NADAC trial calendar for like the next three months, and I was pleasantly surprised. I know last this time last year, there were a lot of trials that were still being canceled. I think I saw only maybe two, three of the trials listed in the next three months that, uh, I'd say three probably, that had been canceled. I don't know why. Uh, could be for any reason. But uh, that's a lot better than it was last year. So that's, that's all good news. So if you're going to an actual trial or you're doing uh, videotaped runs, I wish you happy trialing. <laughs>